1: Welcome back to another episode of NFT three sixty five, and you know, on this you know beautiful day, and it is International Pride Day. For me, you know, the the beauty of of building the the community and the following uh, that I've been very blessed to have uh, created over the last almost almost ten years, which makes me feel a little bit old. As uh, you know, the day that for me that was my aha moment that most uh, most of you are aware of, most, some of you might not be, is that. Yo, on November 2nd, 2013, uh, my mom, actually, surprisingly enough, called me out. And I'm a proud mama's boy, very openly admit about being a mama's boy. Um, And she's like, Brian, I don't I don't see you wearing a hat on your social profiles and everything seems forced. Are you being yourself online? And I'll say I kind of laughed. I remember telling my mom, I was like, Mom, you don't know social media. Like, get out of here. What are you talking? Of course, I'm being myself online. And I, I hung up the phone and I remember I sat there. And I just kind of sat, you know, in my office and I was sitting there for a while. I'm like, I think my mom's correct. Like, I think my mom's right. I was trying really hard to not only portray something that I was not, but I was like overthinking and overanalyzing everything and was trying to say, okay, what do other people want from me rather than just kind of saying, you know what, I'm going to be myself and kind of show myself out there. And it's actually why if you guys ever see that bracelets on, you know, I've been wearing that for a long time. It just says, be yourself. And the beauty of that is that day is when my personal brand and, and my kind of social footprint uh, kind of took off. You know, I'm a, a spitting example of, you know, showing up as your whole, you know, unapologetic self, uh, the power it can lead. But it also will, you know, sometimes turn some people off. I remember the first time I mentioned uh, that I have tattoos and I just happened to have my, my daughter's names tattooed on my chest. And I remember I lost a client that month that just said, hey, we weren't sure how we wanted to be associated with someone that was putting themselves out there. And, and, and sadly that was, you know, that's also just some of the, you know, the risk and the, the things that that exist and the good news is that about six months later, they came back to me to come back, bring me on as a client. And they kind of uh, looked at a lot of the things that we had um, as a new opportunity. And so for me, since that day, part of the, the beauty of growing an audience and, and, being an early adopter, is really using my platform to hopefully amplify just great people that are doing great things. And uh, you're in for a treat today. I'm going to bring in our, our guest here on little quad uh, you know, uh, view for those that are watching on video, for those that are listening uh, in audio. I'm going to have them introduce themselves real quick. But it is International uh, Pride Day. I like to think of this episode as you know, love is love and really the idea of what Web3 can do to help us not only celebrate, you know, the, the, the fact that we are all human, and the fact that we can really make an impact, but also empower you know voices and conversations that for far too long have not had uh, the voice that they've they've needed to have across the board. And so uh, excited to bring in each one of our, our guests today. Well, we do have three guests, which I know is a little bit different for uh, the podcast, but I think that's going to be part of the fun for this episode. Uh, so with that being said, Jones, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it over to you first. You give a little intro, talk to us uh, a little bit about who you are, and and your project and I will go from there.
0: Hey friends, happy pride. Uh, My name is Jones. I use she, her pronouns and I am one of the co-founders of Queer Friends NFT. And we are really just a place for like-minded and kind humans. Uh, So we really want to amplify the voices of women, genderqueer, and LGBTQ plus members, but we're also a place for our allies and uh, the, LGBT, the friends and family of LGBTQ plus youth. So as long as you're a kind and loving human, uh, we would, we'd love to have you as part of our community. Thank you, Brian, for, for having us here today and thrilled to share the stage with uh, Riley and Austin.
1: Excited to have you here, and yes, if you are not a uh, kind and loving human, you could pretty much just unsubscribe now. I don't <laughs> really mind if I lose you as a uh, subscriber. Uh, I. The world has plenty of space for those that are not even, uh, you know, operating from that place uh, to begin with. But excited to have you here, Jones, as well. Also, we're, we're operating, you know, last names. I feel like we got the, the last names going down here with uh, being able to kind of put ourselves out there that way. So uh, excited to talk more about Queer Friends uh, as well. Been interacting uh, on Twitter for a good while and love uh, the community that you've been building. Riley, I will jump it over to you. What say you?
2: Hi, I'm Riley. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I am the Community Inclusion Coordinator at BFF. Uh, BFF is a space for women and non-binary uh, crypto curious people to um, onboard themselves into Web3. Um, being a community builder is is really important to me to help people feel um, a sense of belonging in the space. And it's really special to me to be a part of uh, Web3 and what we're doing here.
1: I love it, love it. And, you know, my BFF is definitely one of the leaders in the space uh, leading the way in, in many uh, many forms as far as great community, great NFT project, you know, leadership, overall impact. So I'm excited to kind of pick your brain a little bit on that, you know, on that role. And also, you know, I've been following on Twitter and I, and I, I love your perspective on a lot of, uh, trending conversations. You add a- oftentimes a sense of perspective that maybe is, the, is missing from like just in my feed. And I, I end up liking a lot of, of your tweets. So I, I promise it wasn't stalking. It's, uh, you know, I'm a fan of, of what you put out there, uh, to the world Riley. So thanks for being here. Uh, and last but not least, uh, known as Super Gay Dad, mentioned on the podcast a couple of times over over the, the last 200 plus episodes, uh, as someone active in our community, I got to actually meet Austin um, in uh, New York. Also got to meet a little bit of the team there on his project. So Austin, uh, over to you. What say you?
3: Yeah, thanks, Brian. So excited to be on this podcast to chat with you. Uh, it's something I've wanted to do for so long. And your intro was awesome. Like When we get the chance to be our authentic selves, it's just so freeing. So, I'll jump into my intro. Uh, I'm Austin. I go by Super Gay Dad in Web3. Or if you're in our Discord, I also go by Daddy. Um, I am the co founder of Galactic Gaylords, which is an inclusive project for LGBTQIA, also for allies. And we're really looking at bringing authentic voices to Web3 and going for the storytelling aspect and building a super gay galaxy with all of these authentic stories.
1: I love that super gay galaxy I, I, and you're the, the art I got to meet the artist what's the artist's name we g- give a shout out
3: yeah his name is JF but he goes as Mr G on his uh, socials
1: yeah, Mr. G, I, I I love the art. It's it's like you know, it, it, just the, it stands out. It's it's like beautiful and loud and uh, and and it, it kind of like, it's it's one of those things. I think the beauty of of Web three is it not only allows us to have conversations, but it also allows us to put some things in feeds to start conversations. And uh, we'll get a little bit more into that as well. Um, Riley, I wanted to go to you first. You know, you mentioned uh, community uh, ambassador with you know my BFF. You know, uh, as far as you know, when you look at the Web three space and giving a voice for not only pride and, and gay but also non-binary right I think when I first got in the space, one of the first conversations I had uh, on a Twitter space was actually from a mom that was asking about what projects have you no know, non-binary representation in them. And it was something that for me I will I will admit and this probably won't be the, the first last time on this product on this podcast episode that I I admit I was like I did, it didn't dawn on me that there wasn't representation there until it was brought up. But ever since that day, it's dawned on me every single project, every single time I look at. But then also where projects can kind of expand, right? I know my BFF, some of their initial language, they've even uh, adopted and changed. So could you give people just a little bit of like, what are your thoughts on like Web three growth as far as embracing not only you know LGBTQ plus I, but also like where this kind of whole conversation can go um, with the, you know the power of Web three?
2: Well, I would say that. You know, a lot of my friends in real life and like uh, previous partners have been non-binary. And it's really important for me to enter the space and make it um, uh, a place where those people who I know and, 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 I, and I have experienced their lived experiences can feel comfortable in whatever community I build. Right, so, so, so the presence of non-binary people in BFF and other communities that I've been in is is really important to add that sense of of belonging for others who may move around the world differently than 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 cisgender folks. Um, you know, as far as making making the space open, I, I wish that more non-binary f- people felt comfortable in these spaces and and felt more welcomed. So so that's what I think we as as the people here are are trying to do, you know, to, to make people you know f- have a space where they do have that voice, that, that sense of belonging, right? Everybody needs that that home on the internet, I believe.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, not only you know, that home, but also being able to you know to to be able to have something to represent i think part of the the beauty of we can talk about you know being anonymous versus not anonymous but you know a lot of that allows people to start to get their feet wet on telling their story and putting themselves out there without having to fully you know dox themselves and take on i know a lot of that additional pressure and i think that's a, a beauty of this space but only if we kind of you know allow that to kind of go you know in in kind of both directions austin i'm curious from your side right um I super gay dad when it came on my radar. Originally, I'm like, well, he, you know, loud and proud. And he's definitely not afraid to kind of put it out there. How have you looked at kind of the Web3 you know, kind of acceptance? And I know for you, when we first started chatting, um, you kind of had a foot in both worlds. And then I got the message that you were like, hey, I'm going all in on this space. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how that journey has been for you and, and really just the you know, acceptance in Web3 and where we can kind of go from there.
3: Yeah, of course. So uh, let's just chat about, first of all, my name, Super Gay Dad. Web3 is so cool that it gives us the opportunity to define ourselves based upon our interests and our our values, as opposed to Web2, where you usually lead first with your credentials. So you touched on it. I fully jumped into Web3. I quit my job as an engineer two weeks ago. I was an engineer for 10 years, but I really see the power in this space and the power in community building. And in the Web2 world, I found it very difficult to build communities because there wasn't a common thread. Usually, like I come from e-commerce, so it's really tough to find that common thread. But in Web3, you really already find that in these NFT communities because they're based around a central theme already. So for me, I started out as five years ago as a bit of a gay dad blogger. And then I jumped into a little bit of YouTube and I really felt my connection with the queer community and I felt that I was making a difference. So I really wanted to carry that forward and bring that into this new digital space.
1: I I love that that niche and also like kind of that empowering piece, right? That element of, of being able to not only, you know, put the story out there, but also change the, a little bit of the conversation, you know, and bring it across the board. And, you know, you've been very active in our, in our community and, you know, and you know, supporting the podcast in our discord as well. And, you know, I think there's, it's a beautiful aspect where we can kind of merge some of our worlds And and, and Jones, I'm curious, you know, with, Bit about like the overall mission of, of the project and and kind of how that's coming to life uh, as far as what you what you guys are working on.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think that you know everyone touching on representation was just so important. Um, you know, I, I personally I, I had sort of this experience uh, just just right before COVID where I I shaved the sides of my head and I was rocking this kind of like pink pomp thing going on. And I got to tell you, and I went to Vegas for my best friend's 30th birthday, and I felt amazing. Like, I felt so good in my own skin. I was like, yes, I'm all about this. And then I came home, and I went uh, to the Navy base where I'm an academic and a scientist, and I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin. Something as simple as my haircut, which 24 hours ago, I felt amazing in. Suddenly, I felt very self-conscious. I didn't want anyone to comment on it. And I wish I had my my sort of long hair that I could hide behind back. And I think that this particular experience right before COVID and coming into Web3 and getting my feet wet, I, one of the things I was excited about with Web3 was that I could be both of those things. I could express myself and represent all of the different aspects of myself and be comfortable. Um, I could rock long hair in a PFP or as an avatar if I wanted to in this particular setting. I could rock my pink pomp at at this particular party in the metaverse, you know. And I really think that representation and being able to sort of be whoever you are, whoever you want to be in that moment is so powerful. Um, and so when we didn't really see the PFPs that were representative of sort of that whole gender spectrum, um, that became a real priority for us. And we really want to sort of translate that into into avatars. And I think that one particular group that I'm, I'm trying to talk about more that we may not be thinking about as much um, okay. are the people that sort of fall onto the gender spectrum that either know that but um, haven't had the confidence yet to really put a word to it or come out as that if you if that's what you need to do um but also the people that maybe don't even know that yet right that we that still identify as cisgendered, but they're coming into the space and i can't tell you the number of people that have reached out and said just seeing representation meeting people that um, identify this way just being around a community where it would be okay to ask questions and make a mistake and um I think there's a lot of people that are sort of being able to uh, discover their most authentic self. And so I think that opportunity is is just really beautiful in Web3 and something that maybe I didn't see the project being able to do, but I've been really excited about
1: I love that, you know, I think that you know like the the idea of what Web three can bring to life in some of these conversations, like not only what we can individually represent, but we can even amplify, right? For me, um and, and I I'll, I'll kick it back to you, Jones, on on one of the things you kind of brought up because you know I will say as a as a cis white male that is very loud advocate. and I, and I will say you know, my story started at fourteen years old, and my best friend came out to me. And she came out to me at 14, didn't come out to a single other person until she was 18. I went to her junior prom as her date. I went to her as her senior prom as her date. Both of our dads at the time assumed we were going to get married. It was literally like everyone else's thing. Um, and still my best friend to this day. Shout out to Ashley. I was lucky enough to be ordained to marry her and her wife and kind of like bring that whole thing to life for me. And I remember 2003, you know, I I graduated university uh, with Ashley and I got to be a grand marshal uh, of of one of the, the parades that were going on during pride month. And to me, it was so empowering as an ally. And but I also feel like I kind of cheated the system a little bit because as the ally, I, I had the best friend that was there and was calling things out and being, Brian, don't you see that this isn't there or, or why this is why you need to use your pronouns? Not because you, yours pronouns are different, but it's because it's starting the conversation and normalizing it. And I was, and a lot of that came to me early on. and I'm very blessed for that. But in the allyship conversation, I still get messages. I actually got a uh, a message. I think Austin. It was from a photo that you and I had posted, and it was from you know a, a fan of the show, and they just simply were like, you know, I don't want to get like the pronouns wrong. And I don't want to misrepresentate by like, being an ally, Brian. Like, how are you doing it, right? And I and I and for me, I do feel a little bit like I, I cheated the system, but I also feel like for me, I've been very blessed to be welcomed in a lot of these conversations. Jones, what would be your kind of advice or thoughts on like, for those that want to be even a louder ally, um, what are the things that they can think about and do? And how can we kind of get over some of them that have fear of like making a mistake or, or stepping into something that maybe they're not used to handling?
0: Totally fair. So I would say first and foremost, if you're worried about you know making mistake, you're leading with respect and kindness to begin with. So find some people in the space, um, definitely, my my myself and my team being one of them that you feel comfortable to reach out to. As long as you're leading with kindness and respect, we'll help you, we'll guide you, we'll gladly be there for you, and welcome you in. Um, obviously, doing your own research is important to not put that entire burden on the on on people in the community. But on the flip side, like. I always am an advocate for asking someone um, for advice as opposed to asking Google. So I would say that in terms of being an ally in this space and and thank you for what you're doing and taking that opportunity that you had to learn at a younger age and being able to help spread that, you know, um, that education and, and support other people as they want to be allies. But I would say there's a few sort of actionable items that I think we can do. You know, first of all, June is about to be over. So if you saw the endless tweets that were highlighting the LGBTQ plus members in Web3, that's amazing. I hope you followed those people and now you know who they are. So now think about from July to, to May, how can you genuinely help? How can you uplift? How can you amplify as opposed to just having, you know, Twitter spaces where you invite those people to talk about diversity and inclusion and their story about being queer. There's so, you know, the queer community has such incredible knowledge to share resilient voices, you know, bring them on panels to discuss everything. You want to talk about marketing? You want to talk about development? Let's talk about those things, bring these people on and hear their voices on all topics from to. Ju- July to May the other thing i would really encourage you to do is if your project your platform like like you're doing right now Brian you have built this amazing platform and following if you have an ability especially for you know if that doesn't cost you a lot to be able to give a utility from your community from your platform or a connection if you just have you know this connection someone you're friends with that you think could be uh, helpful to that person or that project Make that connection. Shoot a DM saying this is so and so, this is so and so. Shoot an email introducing them. Right? Maybe you can you've created some sort of a security PowerPoint for your community to keep them safe. Can you offer that to, you know, uh, galactic gaylords to offer to their community free of charge? A few NFTs so that people can have access to to your community that might have been priced out. There's a lot of opportunities where you can really be um, a genuine ally in the space not just during june
1: i love that and definitely not just here in june and i and and austin you know i you and i've had that conversation even what you're gonna be able to bring to i you know our discord you know one of the things for me is you know i'm also a very loud mental health advocate but having a mental health channel for a mental health channel purpose just because you want to check a box serves no purpose and in, in my personal opinion oftentimes can do more harm than actual good. And, and I feel that way in a lot of the conversations that we're, that we're seeing in Web3. And I think it's a good step with some of people kind of making a step and at least acknowledging and saying, hey, I need to be more aware. But I think taking it a step further, and Austin, I know it's something that you've kind of, uh, you know, prided yourself on, pun intended, um, that, you know, on kind of activating some of those channels and other discourse. Can you share what uh, that's kind of all about, Austin?
3: Yeah, of course. Some of the things we're looking at doing for collaboration, and actually just one sec, I want to like snap for Jones everything (laughs) that she said was amazing. Um, But some of the things we're doing is we're just asking big projects to create a channel in their Discord for LGBTQIA. That's it. And if they are having troubles getting it started, or they think that they might be afraid to use pronouns or might offend some people, we're offering to get one of our members to go in there and mod it for a while and get it up and going, because really we just wanna spread that diversity and awareness in Web3 and create safe spaces everywhere. Whether it's in our server or it's in uh, someone else's server, it really doesn't matter. We just want our voices to be heard.
1: Love that. I love that you're doing that. And Riley, I, I know my BFF definitely has got a lot of uh, publicity, a lot of attention, uh, rightfully, so. But I also know with that attention and that you know it also can kind of shine an even bigger spotlight and even maybe a little bit more pressure on doing things that kind of set the bar. Can you share some of the things that you know my BFF is doing, and even some of the things that you're passionate about, uh, kind of like seeing implemented in the space to hopefully empower allies, but also, drive conversations and some of these more siloed, uh, you know, even discords.
2: You're right. Um, it, it is a lot of pressure with the amount of, of publicity and, and, and eyes that are on BFF, but it's also really exciting too. And one of the things that I specifically did recently with BFF was I created this, uh, pride fest, which was an all day long, almost 14 hour, um, Twitter space. And, you know, inviting other communities and community members into our space to share their stories and their expertise so that not only the BFF community could hear that, but so others can be invited in and listen to these people as well. You know, listening to diverse voices is really important and listening to voices like Jones, who who, uh, was part of that uh, space as well, was really important and actually really fun.
1: Yeah, I love, I love I love like kind of like that rallying together. And I love the idea of doing that, you know, beyond even June, right? And I think it it is it is a nice thing that I feel like now at least you know June has really been identified as Pride Month, like in everything from sports to you know everywhere there, you know, that kind of goes. But I think there's there's also that conversation that like how do we drive that forward? And and you mentioned Twitter spaces. Like I, I for one know that I sit in a lot of Twitter spaces. As much as I love the talk, most, most will know if there's a Twitter space going on. And I can support by simply just being in the audience, right? Listening along and just showing, you know, my bubble being just one bubble there. You'd be amazing how little, just something little as that can help, you know, I've had, you know, the amount of DMs that I'm getting, like, thanks so much for supporting. And, and like, for me, it's like, it is like kind of the bare minimum, but yet it's such a, you know, kind of like easy space to kind of, you know, bridge upon. And, and I'm curious, you know, Austin from, what you're doing with your project? Talk to us a little about your project, and then you and I had a little heart to heart in New York on, you know, like for those that think about Web three, it's a lot of moving parts. You have to grow a team that you know, an artist, a developer, a marketer, a founder. You have to be able to you know write smart contracts, adapt you know to a let's face it, Discord. Which I don't care who you are, it's still Discord is it can be a nightmare, but it's even harder when you you know you have a niche community. But then you want to have you want to have your team made up of people that believe and are part of it. Right. And I I find that hard, even in, in a larger, much larger niche, trying to find people that are aligned with my values. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I I love that you're committed to doing so, but I also know that's probably just going to add another layer of like more research and more trial and error to kind of build your team full of those that are kind of all bought in on what you're doing.
3: Yeah, it's definitely way more difficult but we do want those authentic voices. When we started the project, it was just me and my artist and we're two gay men, so we can really only tell the perspective of a gay man. That's all we can do. We can't step into someone else's shoes. So as we continue to grow our team, we wanna be able to put voices within our immediate team that can resonate with other people that are part of the community. And at times when you're using agencies, kind of like we are right now for our development, it's hard to get them to see the vision and the long-term goals of your project because they're hired for a service. So really getting those members that resonate with your project and your vision and your future goals is essential for the long-term growth of a project, in my opinion. And then we can also bring those other perspectives in.
1: I, I love that. And I think, you know, it, it is more difficult, right? I think and for those that are listening, right, I think this is also a, a great opportunity. You can be a connector, right? If you know people in your network that you believe, hey, they'll align great with this project or there'll be someone that I know can speak to that. Maybe they're not even in Web3 yet, but you know they have like the developer skills or the marketing skills or PR side. Like that's, I mean, you can I mean, talking about a great ally opportunity is connecting, like using our network, using not only our audience to amplify, but I think using our, our, our network to bring. You know, some of these conversations to, uh, to life. Uh, Riley, I know I, I might have snooped your uh, OpenSea just a bit. Uh, and I actually, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, ba- I love seeing what is in people's wallets. And you happen to have, a, you know, uh, lots of different uh, diverse projects in there. But you also have uh, an expansion prunk, uh an expansion punk project that is actually part of our collection here. Um, at NFT 365, and we minted that back on you know December 12th, and we were very blessed. You know, we we were it was still minting at the time, uh, and through the you know, random generator, we actually minted uh, one of the one percent non-binary uh, identifying uh, X punks, and. I remember talking to Jeremy about that. I, I now own multiples um, of those myself, just so as not because they're rare, but as an opportunity for me to give out or to uh, hopefully onboard one of the ones that I had. I actually uh, gave to a, a really close friend of mine um, that for for me, it was a great opportunity to kind of share, you know, representation but for I think for a lot of projects and a lot of people that you know they not only do they want to have like the Discord channel, but they also want to make sure like their art is representation in a sense that it's not polarizing. And we're not going to get into like the conversation that happened with Board Ape Yacht Club at at New York because that's a whole nother piece of it. But what are some of the things that you you've seen me able to see or identify in projects that you feel like hey they get us they they understand the 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 gay community and and the ability to kind of Represent even even if it doesn't mean that every you know every project has you know equally divided um you know representation as far as male female and and non-binary.
2: I don't know. I I personally really love expansion punks because um of of their story and and what they stand for. Um, I'm actually one of their ambassadors as well. Their amber ambassador. It it was it was really uh, special to be nominated um, and to be to be included in in their their team there. Um, it's it's difficult because you know with the male and the female NFTs and and the PFPs, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard. I haven't been like, I don't know that I have a, a real real answer to that.
1: Yeah, because I think part of me, for like, so, you know, I'm advising some projects, right? And and part of it is, like, the, for those that don't know the expansion punk uh, story, I actually interviewed Jeremy way back in, uh, in December of this, it feels like years ago. Um, and I love that they looked at the original punks and said, wait a second, the male-female dynamic is completely off, and non-binary representation does not exist in the original punks. And so much so they even went and said why do females not get hoodies? And why is when a female has a hat on, they're only frowning? And they went that far in, in to make sure the art was kind of a true expansion of that collection. And to me, it was so eye-opening and like, wow, we can really approach things a little bit you know, differently. But I also feel like the idea of just like being aware of that, right, is a big piece of it. And I'm curious, Jones, for with what Queer Friends is doing and like the idea of not only... You know, uh, I, identifying and representing, but also welcoming in allies into that community. How do you think of that? The art, or how do we, are you guys approaching um, the art and even the messaging that you're putting out? The kind of, I think, because it's almost you're leading, teaching, and you're being an example all at once.
0: I appreciate that. We're trying, certainly not perfect, but always. Uh always open to feedback. But one of the things that we sort of started with was that we didn't come in with the art. So we actually asked um, all of our early community members as they came in, what was something that was missing from PFPs that you would feel really represented by. Um, And we got very broad answers to very specific tattoos and and things. And that's sort of how we kind of came up with our feature list. Um, So I'm I'm excited about that aspect to to like genuinely represent our community. Um, and then the other sort of idea that we had was at first we were thinking, okay, like maybe we'll do some queer celebrity one of ones that are going to be mixed through. And when we really started to like revisit and know like what's our mission, our mission is to really make these people feel seen, feel represented, our community. Um, and so what we did was uh, two Genesis drops of one of one custom NFTs where we created the the queer friend of that person, how they felt represented, whether that was how they outwardly looked uh, IRL or how they wanted to be represented. And then all of those features are going into the generative collection to try and make them feel seen um, throughout the, the PFPs. Uh, but the main goal is that then all of the, the PFP features and characteristics will be translated to to avatars. So those are just some of the ways that we're, we're trying, but there's a lot of hard questions in there that, You don't realize until you start getting into the art, like what features shouldn't be combined together, what should be um, and what sort of percentages do you have? Do you make things more rare to make them, quote unquote, more valuable or do you want them to be represented and therefore you make a lot of that feature? And it's it's a very gray area and uh, we've had a lot of hard conversations regarding it.
1: Well, I, and I love that it's it's not any easier for you than it, it is for, for us because we've had that conversation as well with some of the projects that I'm working with, and it, there is part of that. It's like, wait a second, I don't want to make this the one that the whales put into their cold storage and are the ones that nobody you know puts out there. And in a way, that's why for me, expansion punks was like, I know at least if I'm holding them, I will represent them in every way I can. They're going to be part of our collection that we sell in November, and and like, but I I feel like that is an interesting. Uh, kind of subsection, and and Austin, you know, the other part of this is, you know, growing. I believe a Web three community is the hardest okay. community building dynamic there is, right? The you have to you have to be able to welcome in Web two and a Web three. You have OGs and natives, crypto flippers, all of us Dgens, and then you have people that want to like jump in it. Maybe it's their first, you know, NFT, and then you also have like this whole world of like, how do you continue to build and grow? layer on top of that you're niching down right you're niching down not only you know you have you know it's the galactic gaylords, but you're you know from a standpoint of you know identification of male pfps now you're really niching down how have you kind of looked at that from a community perspective and also managed your expectations because i feel it's very easy to compare like women-led project to this project you're like wait a second we're not playing in the same sandbox and let's face it the, the onboarding in every demographic right now is nothing that is easy. That is something that anyone can do. So talk to me a little bit about what, what you felt community building there, um, Austin, and where, how you're kind of approaching that.
3: Brian, I have such a strong opinion on this. If you're not listening to your community, why are you even building an NFT project? You have to be willing to pivot and change your viewpoints. I have a story for you, actually, in NFT NYC. Uh, we talked to a bunch of people there. People loved it, loved the art. We had a drag queen there we were taking selfies with. It was a ton of fun. But someone came up to me privately and said, I'm an ally, and I'm not sure if I am allowed to join your exclusive LGBTQIA project. And it really took me aback because I, in my mind, and maybe this is a misstep for me, I feel like the Web3 world is technology adapters, usually more open-minded and more willing to accept projects like ours, but we weren't clearly communicating that. So we had to have a team meeting and kind of take a step back and really align our art with our vision. Just like Joan said, it's really difficult to get that balance right, but with us only really having male representation, we weren't being true to our vision. So we had to make a big decision to push out our mint date. We're gonna include some more one of ones just to make sure we can represent more body types. We're going to include um, more of the, the female attributes. We're gonna include more trans attributes because we wanna make sure that we're doing it right by the project and right by our community. And like I said at the beginning of this, you need to listen to your community and you have to be willing to change. And in the famous words of you, uh, we is greater than me, right?
1: Yeah, that is so true and I just want to give kudos to the person that pulled you aside and said that to you right for all those that are in this space as well right like when you when you feel like that letting people know like I mean like it's easy to assume, Oh, Austin and Jones and Riley, they are a hundred percent aware of what it, what the, you know, someone that sis is coming into, but until you're voicing that, maybe that is the, the magic that opens a lot of these doors and never once. And, and this is just my experience, you know, as an ally for you know almost my entire life. Uh, and I feel very blessed if I've come into it and said, Hey, I want to be a better ally. Here is my question. Or here's my scenario. Not once, in my entire life, have I been shut down? (laughs) Have I been told, like, what, you know, Google something? If you can, if we can present it that way, I think it's such a a powerful thing. And I will also say every founder listening to this, what Austin just shared is important for every project, right? Adapting and learning and, and also realizing that a lot of the early projects in this space, they didn't they didn't represent that, but it's also one of those things like there wasn't people kind of calling it out and acknowledging it, and it's not about saying, "Hey, they were a hundred percent wrong and let's blame them and shame them. It's saying, "Hey, they came and set the standard, but let's reset the standard to something that we can kind of you know move forward and Riley, I'm curious your take on that as you know not only in the space, but you know you've been able to be on some panels and have some really you know I think exciting conversations but also how do we like you know bring the conversation to the a, a broader audience because i i feel you know we can say mental health if if a mental health conversations only attracting people that identify of having mental health concerns, we're missing the greater good, right? And I feel like that can sometimes happen in some of the the panels or conversations that are happening. And I will say it's partially why for me I drag you know my straight friends into into some panels. And I'm like, don't worry, you're gonna learn a lot here, and we're gonna kind of bridge that gap. Riley, how do you look, kind of look at that as like making sure that you know not only allies are Participating, but also that projects that are maybe niched down still understand the importance of kind of amplifying their message.
2: Well, I would say that as we bring more people into the space, as we bring more people into our communities, we're going to see people who are, yes, part of our community, but may disagree with what we're doing and may have different lived experiences. And we have to, you know like Austin said, adjust to those and, and, you know, really listen to people and where they are. Like, you know, listening to people is the most important part of being a community builder. I believe, you know, being able to hear what people are saying and where they're coming from is, it is important to not only see where you're going to go as a community, but to see where you're at currently.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, like that assessment of where you're at currently is probably one that too many are skipping over, right? And I think that's partially, you know, part of the, the conversation as well. Jones, I'm curious from you know, unfortunately, you know, I I mean, I think of of my personal bag, women led projects are are my favorites. And it's not because they're women led projects, they're amazing projects that happen to have a women leadership. But we know that sometimes becomes like a thing like like we don't want to label them. And if I look at like my bag and I look back over the last you know year and a half that I've been you know really active in the space, there haven't been a lot of projects that I would consider are gay-led or have a a, a a team that is you know out that is putting it out there. What would you look at as like kind of been the barrier to this spot? Because I think for a lot of people, it, a lot of this makes sense, but when we look back, it still takes a lot of risk. You're putting yourself out there. You're you know, and also for a lot of you know, allies that are out there that maybe they're opening a conversation in their own household that they haven't had before. And weirdly enough, this JPEG that people like to call uh, starts a conversation. What would what do you think is kind of like maybe the the cause for not seeing as many projects prior to? And then what is the kind of like your thoughts on like, you know what, we're just going to step forward and lead the way and more going to come with us?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I didn't come into this space expecting to launch Queer Friends, web three brand. Um, I came in wanting to be a collector a trader, be part of the community. Um, and I initially found the women in web three sort of community as a, in, in general. And I was really moved by how collaborative and welcoming, um, generally that they were, but then I was looking for my queer friends. I was like, where's that other side, you know, that I, um, I want to connect with, I want this same vibe with, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I, I, I would find people and I was like, ah, another person, like, you know, hold on tight. And, um, a lot of artists, a lot of creatives, which I think is expected, but I couldn't find that community. And so I think if you, you know, if you can't find something, you, you try and build it and that's what we're doing. And I think what you're saying is spot on, right? We we sort of developed this niche, women led projects in general. Um, you know, they have less support than, um, a man founded project, the, mint price tends to be less the floor price tends to be less the volume traded tends to be less right so now let's knock that down a peg whether you know to a queer woman founded project or a woman of color founded project uh, etc that just continues to get smaller so I think like for one like an awareness of that and saying you know what this isn't this isn't what we want right we all this is what we're trying to avoid with web 3 we want to build better. But we're already there. We're already doing the same things, repeating the same patterns. And the only way to break that is to support, financially support, use your platform to elevate and amplify those projects so it doesn't happen again. Um, and I think that that's sort of you know really important. I think there's a lot of people that are that want that, but they don't really know how to how to go about it. Um, and so there tends to be a lot of like, all right, I'll follow on Twitter. I'll kind of I'll retweet you once or twice. But then when it really comes, you know, down to buying or purchasing or supporting goblins, you know, like it's a there's that kind of mix and no shade to the goblins because they've, do, you know, filled a niche here that people needed this entertainment. It, super happy for them. But you have to really think about that in terms of what are we really uh, putting our money into and supporting? Are we walking? Are we walking the walk that we that we were saying we want to do?
1: And let's face it, Web three, it's an action transparent world, right? Like we, there's been plenty of the space, this world has talked about being an ally, being a fan, a friend. Um, we can prove it now, and and the proving it is stop using your gas to mint free poop projects. Save the gas and support projects that you believe can make an impact. It's a pretty as simple as that, right? There's it, and, it, and and when I I when I see that on this side, it's like the more not only more of the same. But it's like the the talk. We know it doesn't work. Like when and I and I've, I've shared this before. But like not until the mur- murder of George George Floyd did I recognize that like I was being silent in many areas of my ally shit. I was just being silent, believing, hey, my actions and how I operate was good enough. And George Floyd brought a whole world to me that was like, okay. I will no longer allow myself to be silent. We've seen that recently with uh, you know the the horrible decision the United States just uh, you know made, and and how kind of that kind of you know disrupted a lot of the the conversation. But I feel like this is also a great example of we need to have strong opinions and have them you know and the you know that phrase of like strong opinions loosely held, and the loosely held part is more of the fact of being willing to listen and learn from all sides. But being strong advocates by you know not only minting one or minting two, but making it your PFP. And and I will say, like, you know, I'm one that probably has a a a female identifying PFP more than I do a a male identifying PFP, just because my you know passion for the art that I love. And I've had people come to me and be like, Well, how does that work for you? And I'm like, Well, it's very easy. I have my pronouns in my bio. And then besides that, I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to, to put this content out there. And so it's not just Retweeting and sharing, but I do feel just for those like you know service announcement for everybody listening. No matter the market bull run, you know we have the you know it costs zero gas, zero to amplify, to retweet, to share, to celebrate. Even if you can't mint out a project, talk about why this project's great. And you, if you could, if you had the ETH to have it, you would mint that project. I think. That's such a um, an important conversation to have, and I really don't feel like it's an excuse anymore in this space. That if your actions, I mean, I I can look at the blockchain. The blockchain doesn't lie. I can literally tell. Are you do you care? Are you an advocate, an ally, or are you just someone that is all talk and, and kind of you know kind of surface level? And we've seen what Web two and surface level uh, kind of conversations kind of give us. And I just want to say, all three of you, I, you know, I. I Thank you for your leadership. I love that you jumped at the opportunity to come on here. I'm going to give each one of you a, a chance to, you know, share one last thing with our, with our audience. For all those listening, all of their information will be in our show notes. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see their content because I, I love amplifying the, the content and, and the things that they're putting out. So I'll go kind of in reverse order. Austin, you went last last time. So, Austin, I'll kick it over to you first. Give us a little bit, you know, a uh, timeframe on your project and then any uh, final words you have for the
0: audience.
3: Yeah, of course. So we're at GalacticGaylords.com. You can go to our website. We are pushing out our mint date. We're not sure where it will be yet, but we want to make sure we are being very inclusive like we had talked about earlier. I just want to thank you, Brian, for having me on the podcast here. I've been a longtime listener, and it's just really cool to chat with you in person, especially about something that I'm so passionate about. Same, it was great to meet you too, Jones, and you, Riley.
1: Love it. I love it. And we're connecting dots and, and, and making an impact. And this won't be the only time we'll, we'll, we'll have plenty more of these type of, uh, conversations happening as well. And, you know, I, I appreciate the sport, uh, Riley over to you.
2: Well, it was so great to be here with you all. Um, Jones, amazing. Austin, you're, you're an inspiration. Um, you know, being being part of Web3 as a trans woman and a lesbian is is really interesting in a lot of ways, and being being part of BFF and as a community builder is is really uh, an important place to be in. Um, if you if you um, are are interacting with with people who are diverse individuals in Web3, please do your best to lift them up and. Uh, support us whenever whenever you can
1: i well said and couldn't agree more and like i said you're a great follow on twitter i appreciate your candor and uh what you add to the space as far as not only context but also amplifying other great ones there will be oftentimes a tweet will show up and i'm like oh who retweeted that And, and and that's how it got into my feed so i appreciate uh all that you bring to that space as well uh jones last but not least over to you
0: Yes, just thank you so much, um, Brian, you're walking the walk in terms of how you can support and amplify and it really, it doesn't go unnoticed or unappreciated. Riley, Austin, thank you for everything you're doing in this space. Um, So grateful to be here with you both. And I guess I'll leave uh, with one sort of thought, You know, Brian, you shared at the beginning your story of your best friend And that's sort of how you became an ally. And I think we get that story a lot, right? We get a lot of people coming up saying, oh, my uncle is gay. My best friend is gay. My daughter is gay. Um, And so I guess my question for you is if they were in you know, Riley, Austin, myself, any of the LGBTQ plus people trying to find their way in Web3, if that was that person for you, how would you want them to be uplifted? What opportunity would you want to see? Um, what kind of support would you like to see them receiving? Uh, and see if you can give any of that back to those people. Um, and I think that that's what I'll, what I'll kind of leave you all with today. But happy Pride, everyone.
1: I mean, that's a, I mean such a powerful perspective. And, you know, I will say, like, you know, that's actually partially why that, aspect of my story does not always the part that I lead with because I I also understand, like, I was very blessed that I've been able to be in this space and and my best friend kind of opened my eyes. I mean, we sat in Catholic church together uh, every single Sunday for about 10 years um, and me being the only one that was able to, you know, squeeze her hand and and let her know that, you know, uh, we're on this journey and, and, uh, you know, and to me, like, part of that is the conversation of, not only what can we do for you know our loved ones and amplifying the great you know uh, people in this space, but also recognizing that you know within every culture, no matter how niche or how you know d- dynamic, there's also just the same problems that exist everywhere else, and that you know just assuming that just doing the bare minimum or a little bit more than what we've done in the past is going to make an impact is not enough, right? And I I look at that as you know I want to be a better ally myself, and I am far from from perfect, and I I often look at you know scenarios and say, you know, for me, I have three daughters, and I'm very blessed. My daughters, you know, know Aunt Ash. They, they, they were, you know, very lucky enough to, you know, include her in her life and, and her wife, and and I look at opportunities for that, even just bring these conversations, you know, uh, into that space as a dad as well. And I'll, I'll just challenge our listeners. You know, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I, my challenge is really, you know, it's great having these conversations during Pride Month. It's great having these conversations when you have amazing leaders like this that I've you know gathered around today. But I think the real work happens when conversations are happening when it's not pride and maybe they're not represented and maybe a thing something is brought up where representation is brought up and you have the chance to speak up and say, hey, what about non-binary or what? How are you represent uh, representing the you know, sexual orientation across this? It's those moments. When it's not that all everyone's listening, it's not because there's a rainbow in the title, but it's because those are the moments where we make an impact. Those are the moments where it, if each of us take those each opportunities, it can be the dinner table. If we could each just take those small opportunities and step up to the plate and add a perspective. It's not telling people they're wrong because let's face it, we know how that, that divides a world and a country but I do look at it as saying, "Hey, here's a perspective. Have you thought about this before?" And I and I really think in Web three, we can each take that mantle on ourselves, and I mean, it fits into this mantra of, of "we are, are greater than me," and and I, I feel better as a better we because I'm surrounded by uh you three amazing leaders as well and so for all those listening uh this uh you know it is international uh pride pride day so if you check out that hashtag over on any of the places that do hashtags uh lots of great content being shared around the world um on movements and and uh you know parades and conversations that are 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 happening and and let's face it i i wear rainbow pink and and pride uh 12 months a year as well so uh excited to uh hopefully uh open some eyes and bring some people in some new some new projects so until tomorrow my friends make it a great day cheers thank
0: you
3: thank you this show is not financial advice so do your own damn research